Welcome to the Word Ministry of Resurrection Church, where Dr. Joseph G. Matera is the senior pastor and presiding bishop. We trust that the following message will be a blessing. Open up your hearts and allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you through the preaching and teaching of one of God's choice servants. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We thank you for the honor and privilege, O oh God, to be able to reflect on your word. Thank you for the freedoms and the liberties that we have, Lord God, where our lives are not threatened, O oh God, because we're reading your word. Lord God, that we would realize and understand the privilege that we have to be able to read your word freely, to be able to worship you freely. When in so many places across the world, they risk their lives just to be able to do that. So, Lord, we just thank you, God, and we ask, Lord, that you would have your way as your word goes forth in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's put my eyes on. Okay. So today we'll be covering Second Chronicles, the second chapter, verse uh, Second Chronicles chapter 20, verses 1 through 30. Uh, before I go on, last week, Bishop, and the week before, he was reflecting on the Psalms. And last week, he shared on Psalm 2, which he said was written to kings. And basically, what the Lord was saying, I instill kings, but I also dethrone them. So when the Lord speaks... We must obey. If we don't, then guess what? To whom much is given, much is required, right? So today we're going to talk about a king, a king named King Jehoshaphat. The title of our message today is, Every Challenge is an Opportunity. Say with me, every challenge is an opportunity. Say it again, every challenge is an opportunity. One more time. Every challenge is an opportunity. What just happened there? What just happened is when I first said challenge, you probably said problem. So when you see a problem and you look at the door and you see a challenge, you look at the door, it says problem on the door. But by you repeating and hearing yourself say that every challenge is an opportunity, there's been a shift in the atmosphere and the way you think, whether you realize it or not. And now you look at that door and it says, this is a challenge, but however, there's an opportunity for me. And I pray that as we go through this text, you will be encouraged, you will be filled in faith, and you'll be determined in your pursuit to God. Amen? This is the story of victory through praise. The story of victory through praise. Before I go on, I'm going to ask three questions. I want you to ponder upon them as we go through the text. The first question is, what stance does God want us to take when we face challenges that are beyond our abilities? Second question. Are you secure in your inheritance? 
Third question. How does God feel about modern-day partnerships between the people of God and the people of this world? Let's read the text. 2 Chronicles the 20, uh, chapter 20, verses 1 through 30. I'll be reading out of the ESV translation. That's the English Standard Version. And verses 1 through 4 says, After this, the Moabites and Ammonites, and with them some of the Midianites, came against Jehoshaphat for battle. Some men came and told Jehoshaphat, A great multitude is coming against you from Edom, from beyond the sea. And behold, they are in Hazan, Tamar, that is, in Jedi. Then Jehoshaphat was afraid and set his face to seek the Lord and proclaimed the fast throughout all Judah. And Judah assembled to seek help from the Lord. From all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. First point, we realize that Jehoshaphat was facing an enormous challenge. But what was his response? Yes, human nature kicked in, and he said it says that he was afraid. But then what did he do? He turned to face God. What is your response in the midst of your challenge? Do you cave into fear? Fear man? Fear that the situation is too great for you? Or do you turn unto your creator? The one that is your deliverer. The one that says that we are victorious in him. See, God allows us to be in situations that are beyond our strength and abilities. Why? Because that's where we grow. That's when we realize it's got nothing to do with us. It's got everything to do with him. And that's where trust comes in. See, Jehoshaphat trusted in the Lord. Are you trusting God in the midst of your challenge? Are you trusting God in the midst of your circumstances? Verses 5 and 6, it says, Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. In your hand are power and might, so that none is able to withstand you. The first thing we need to recognize is that God rules over all things. And that his will cannot be stopped by any circumstance or any one person. If God says it's going to happen, it's going to happen. If God points in a direction, he says, go there and you will be safe, you go there because you know that you will be safe. However, his word is truth, right? But how many of us cave in to the lie and deception of the enemy? An enemy that's been defeated already. This is before Christ. He's relying on the promises that God made Abraham. 
that he would never leave them nor forsake them. But we have a victor in Christ Jesus that died and rose again. We have the victory. We need to embrace it, hold on to it, and respond like you know you have the victory. So Jehoshaphat, in verses 7 and 11, it says, Did you not, our God, drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it over, give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? And they have lived in it and have built you for you in the sanctuary for your name, saying, If disaster comes upon us, the sword, judgment, pestilence, famine, we will stand before this house and before you, for your name is in this house. And we cry out to you in our affliction. And you will hear and save. And now behold, the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom you would not let Israel invade when they came from the land of Egypt, and whom they avoided and did not destroy, behold, they reward us by coming to drive us out of your possession, which you have given to us to inherit. You see, Jehoshaphat had faith to stand against his enemies. He knew that he was a recipient of that promise. You know, God has a sense of humor. I knew I was going to be ministering today more than a month ago. And I faced a challenge for the last two weeks. My mom suffered a mild heart attack. I rushed from work. We take her to the ER. And I was praying and I took the position Jehoshaphat did. I reminded God. I said, God, this woman is a faithful woman of God. This is a woman that seeks you night and day and day and night. There's not a day that she alters her time with you. From 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., no one could reach her. She's in, on her knees in her prayer closet and no one can disturb her time with the Lord. And I said, God, this woman will not succumb to death. Father, she is your daughter. And I just kept building myself up in faith because my emotions were all over the place. But it didn't start off that way. When I got word, because I thought it was a muscle pull, when I got word it was a heart attack, it really hit me hard. And I had my moment, and it took my wife to remind me, no, we don't. You know who our God is. And almost instantaneously, there was a shift, a shift within me where I realized, I said, wait a second, I'm not caving into this. Devil, no way. I'm not giving in. And by God's grace, my mom is out of the hospital recovering nicely. She's very sore, but recovering. And just when I thought that one, 
you know, we dodge one bullet, then I take my dad to the doctor and find out that he needs surgery. Now, the question is, will he be able to, you know, take anesthesia at the age of 80? What I do the procedure. He has a pyrothyroid issue. Thyroid has to be removed. The procedure is only like 20 minutes. But his age is a question whether they can do it or not. And he needs to get it done because it's affecting his Parkinson's. Why am I sharing this? Because I'm speaking it in the atmosphere that the devil is not going to get over. The devil's not going to win in this case. He delivered my mom. He would deliver my dad. And I am a recipient of a God that is faithful because he is our deliverer. To the extent that you know what belongs to you as a child of God, to that extent, can you resist the devil and believe in faith in your circumstance? But the minute you give him a foothold and you cave into that lie, it's like a whirlwind in your mind. It just haunts you and torments you. And it's really a waste of energy because you know what? It's a lie. It's a lie. If the enemy's telling you right now, your situation is different. You know that your situation, there's no hope for that. He's a liar. The devil's a liar. Amen? Look at it in verse 12. He says, Oh, our God, will you not execute judgment on them? For we are powerless against this great horde that is coming against us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Our eyes are on you. Folks, the only way for us to make it through our challenges in this life is to fix our eyes on Jesus. Hebrews 12.2 says that he is the author and the finisher of our faith. Verse 13, it says, Meanwhile, all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. Listen, we're about to embark on two months of prayer as a church, believing God that God's going to use his body to turn the tide in this nation. Amen? I thank God for Bishop, that the Lord downloaded the strategy to him, and he's not keeping it here. Every church that he is connected to is partaking on this plan to heal their land. Amen? I got news for you. The state of the nation, the way it is, is not the politician's fault. It is the church's fault. We have abandoned our post. We have laid back and sat and just in the status quo saying amen and everything, but sitting on our butts doing nothing. Watching all legislation take place while the church falls asleep. However, I believe the tide is going to change. I believe that a spirit of repentance and travail and prayer is going to fall on a church like never before. People, we are part of history. We're going to see history unfold right before our very eyes. Do you believe that? 
Do you believe that God can do it? Do you believe that God can shift the atmosphere? Do you want to be a part of what God's going to do? You know what? Take a few days of fasting and prayer. Put it on the calendar. You got the email. You know what? Be a part of it. Be a part of God's glory. Be a part of the one that would stand on the gap on behalf of the church with a heart of repentance. A heart that is completely broken and contrite. The word of God says, a humble and contrite spirit he will not despise. So let's believe God in faith. Amen? Let's trust God the same way Jehoshaphat and those surrounding cities in Judea believed and trusted in God. In our faith walk, we need to include our family. And you raise an altar in your home. Pray and include your children. You know, as I was preparing this message, the Lord reminded me, I remember one Friday night service. We were sitting right in the middle of the row on the left. And it was powerful. It was worship going on. Bishops playing the guitar. It's just a powerful time of worship. And my son Eric, he's seven years old, about seven or eight years old. And he's looking through his picture Bibles while sitting down while we're worshiping. And in the middle of worship, he's saying, Dad, Dad, he's tugging on my shirt. And I'm worshiping God, Dad, Dad. And his mom looks at me like, see what he wants, you know. So I go, what's the matter, Eric? He goes, Dad, I saw the cup spill. I said, what? He goes, over there. He's pointing to the, old, pointing to the altar. He said, I saw the cup spill. I said, oh, okay, Eric. Can I continue to worship the Lord? Literally like 10 minutes later, Pastor Joe at the time takes, stops playing the guitar. He had a strap, so he hung it on his neck, went and held the mic. He said, the Spirit of God is here. God wants to do something new in our hearts. But God cannot pour new wine on old wineskin. Because if he does, the wineskin separates and it spills the wine. God wants to fill our cups. He wants to renew our hearts. He wants to fill our cup so that we can go out before these four walls and pour it out. He wants to fill our cup so that he can fill it up again and pour it out. And when I heard that, I was awed. I said, God, do not underestimate the children of God. Do not uh, underestimate the youth in this house. If you are a young person in this house, do not think that God cannot use you. You seek God. You listen to his voice. You surrender your heart to him and watch him use you mightily in this hour. I share that. Why? Because the Lord's reminded me that God is not through with my son yet. He's a dad of a two-year-old. He's going to be two in September and expecting twins in a couple of weeks, a boy and a girl. He's not serving God right now. But the Lord reminded me, my word's still in him. He reminded me, I used him then. As a child, I will use him again. Amen? Be encouraged, people. 
Do not stop praying for your children, no matter where they are. The prayers of a mother and a father avail much. You pray. You continue to pray for them. You proclaim and you declare regardless of what you see in the natural. You tell that devil you have no power and no authority over my children. Let's take heed to what the Lord's doing with us and really grab the horns of the altar and pray and watch God move. Amen is right. Verses 14 and 15. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jezeel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, son of Methaniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, and in the midst of the assembly. And he said, Listen, all of Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat, Thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed at this great horde, for the battle is not yours, but God's. You hear that? The battle is not ours, but the Lord. All we got to do is stand and move forward. Do not abandon your post. Do not abandon your responsibility. You stand there and you say, I don't care what I'm going through. I'm moving forward in him. I'm believing and trusting you in God. I'm trusting God. I'm trusting him. Are you trusting him? Are you believing his word? How many of us abandon ship just before God? was about to deliver you and give you an answer. If the devil is working, it's because God is doing something great. Resist the devil and he will flee. When we are obedient to the assignment God has given us, The assignment he has given us for his kingdom. To that extent, our battle is not ours but the Lord's. Obedience is the free requisite to blessing. You got to obey. You have to be obedient to God's word. Verses 16 and 17. Says, tomorrow go down against them. Behold, they will come up. By the ascent of Ziz, you will find them at the end of the valley east of the wilderness of Jeriel. You will not need to fight in this battle. Stand firm. Hold your position. And see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them and the Lord will be with you. Hallelujah. The Bible teaches us that we ought to stand firm against the lies of the enemy. And Paul describes it best in Ephesians, the 6th chapter, verse 10. When he says, put on the helmet of salvation. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. Put on the belt of truth. Fix your feet in faith. Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and stand firm and believe that the Lord is your deliverer. 
The battle is the Lord. It's not ours. Amen? In verses 18 and 19, Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground. And all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And the Levites and the Kohathites and the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord and the God of Israel with a very loud voice. There is power in worship. There is power in praise. The songs we sang this morning were disarming the enemy. The songs that were sung this morning were building up faith on the inside of us. God wants you to believe and trust in him. He wants to be worshipped. He inhabits the praises of his people. Either we fall down and worship before the Lord, or we fall down and cave into the lies and deception of the enemy. Verse 20. And they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be established. Believe his prophets, and you will succeed. When we believe in the prophetic words of Scripture, when we believe in God's word, in God's truth, we will overcome. Because God's word never comes back void. God's word is the same yesterday, now, and forever. So don't let the enemy tell you, yeah, that was back then. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that now. That's a life in a pit of hell. God's word's the same yesterday, now, and forever. When we believe in the words of the Lord, we will succeed in our assignment that the Lord has bestowed upon us. Don't think that you're insignificant. You know, I keep, I keep hearing, it's almost like as I read, I, I, I hear the whispers of the enemy in the atmosphere and say, you know, really, you're going to make a difference? Yes. You're going to make a difference. You tell the enemy, yes, I'm going to make a difference. Yes, I am significant because I'm part of the body of Christ. Verses 21 and 23 says, And when he had taken counsel with the people, and he appointed those who were to sing to the Lord and praise him in holy attire, as they went before the army and say, Give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love endures forever. And when they began to sing and praise, the Lord set an ambush against the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, so that they were routed. For the men of Ammon and Moab rose against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, devoting them to destruction. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they all helped to destroy 
one another. That is the power of God. Can you imagine that? Did you catch that? He sent the worshipers in. He didn't send the army, the ones with the guns and the soldiers. He sent the worshipers. Why? Because that was Jehoshaphat's way of saying, this is how I know I'm trusting you. I'm sending in the worship team first. I'm sending in the choir. The choir will pave the way and worship God. Why? Because when you worship, it tears down the enemies. When you praise, it tears down the powers of hell. Praises releases faith. Faith releases the activity of God. We see that in Acts chapter 16 when Paul and Silas were arrested and they were thrown in jail. Did they cower down and say, woe is me? No, they began to worship God. And as they were worshiping God, oh, they started trembling in the place. And what happened? The gates opened. The jail gates opened up to the point where the fear of God came upon the jailer. The jailer gave his life to the Lord. The jailer took Paul and Silas, come with me to my house. His whole household got saved. Let me tell you something. If your family sees you stand in faith in the midst of your challenge, it is a testimony. A testimony that you don't have to speak because your actions are speaking louder than your words. Look at Psalm 149, verse, verses 6 and 9. It says, let the high praises of God be in their throats and the two-edged sword in their hands to execute vengeance on the nations and punishments on the peoples to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron to execute on them the judgment written. This is honor for all his godly ones. The Lord is our defender. Verses 24 and 26. It says, the Lord delivers Judah. Look what happens. When Judah came to the watchtower of the wilderness, they looked toward the horde, and behold, there were dead bodies lying on the ground. None had escaped. When Jehoshaphat and his people came to take their spoil. <laughs> you catch that? The army, they went for what? To pick up all the valuables, all the goods. It took them, look, Jehoshaphat's army was so outnumbered that it took them three days to pick up all the valuables that were left behind from those enemies killing each other. There was not one that survived. The Lord did that. Why? Because they were worshiping him. In the midst of worship, the Lord was destroy, destroying the enemies. When Jehoshaphat and his people came to take their spoil, they found among them in great numbers goods, clothings, and precious things, which they took for themselves until they could carry no more. They were there three days in taking the spoil. It was so much. On the fourth day, they assembled in the valley of Barak. For there they blessed the Lord. The valley of Barak means the valley of blessing. 
See, God turned their adversity into a blessing. God can take your mess and make it a blessing. God can take your circumstance and turn it into a blessing. Therefore, the name of that place has been called the Valley of Barak to this day. See, every blessing you receive through faith and adversity becomes a memorial and a testimony for future challenges. Without the test, there is no testimony. This is why I boast about things like my son. And the time when he was about nine years old and I tore my calcaneus on my foot, doctor tells me I needed a cast. And that night, my son laid hands on me and he told me he saw Jesus put his hand on my foot. And I said, really, Eric? He goes, what's the matter? You don't believe me? I said, yeah, I believe you. Lord, I thank you for your healing. The following day, I go for an MRI, and it's all negative. In a matter of 24 hours, a podiatrist's radiology report shows the tear. Shows the tear. And then when I bring him the MRI report, he said, oh, they must have uh, did the wrong foot. I said, no, they didn't. It's the right foot. And he was stunned. I glory in the victories. Not because I'm any good. Not because I'm this special person. No, because God is faithful. God is merciful. God is graceful. Verses 27 to 30 says, And then they returned every man of Judah and Jerusalem and Jehoshaphat at their head, returning to Jerusalem with joy. For the Lord had made them rejoice over their enemies. They came to Jerusalem with harps and lures and trumpets to the house of the Lord. And the fear of God came on all the kingdoms of the countries when they heard that the Lord had fought against the enemies of Judah so that the realm of Jehoshaphat was quiet for his God gave him rest all around It is important, very important, to praise God in the midst of your storm, to praise God when he delivers you out of the storm. The last thing you want is for your heart to be full of pride, thinking that it was all you're doing. Worship and praise should be a constant, should be something we do continuously. Unto the Lord. So as we conclude, it says that as the people waited, the Lord spoke through the prophet Jehaziel. Now what amazes me, Jehaziel was a son of a son of a son of someone who served the God before, Right? And he shared the word to King Jehoshaphat. King Jehoshaphat didn't say, I'm the king. Don't tell me what to do, little one. No, he took heed to the words that were spoken by this prophet. We need to take heed to the prophetic words of Scripture. We need to take heed to the hour at hand. 
See, this battle was followed with intense celebration. And as the news spread, the nearby kingdoms were so struck with dread that no one would dare wage war against Judah again. The fear of God came all over every city. See, Jehoshaphat could have exercised his diplomatic skills that he had. You think he was perfect? Look at, I'm going to go back to the chapter before. And, and chapter 19, verses 1 through 7. Listen to this. Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, returned in safety to his house in Jerusalem. But Jehu, the son of Haniah, the seer, or the prophet, went out to meet him and said to King Jehoshaphat, Should you help the wicked and love those who hate the Lord? Because of this, wrath has gone out against you from the Lord. Nevertheless, he says, some good is found in you. For you destroyed the Ashroth out of the land and have set your heart to seek God. Do not think that you're too far gone. Do not think that your time has passed. Do not think you cannot go before the Lord and say, Lord, forgive me. I messed up the last time. But Father, can you renew a steadfast, steadfast spirit within me? Can you renew my heart, transform Renew my mind, transform my heart. Jehoshaphat did. It says, and he went out again among the people, listen to this, from Bathsheba to the hill country of Ephraim, and brought them back to the Lord, the God of their fathers. He appointed judges in the land and all the fortified cities of Judah, city by city, and said to the judges, consider what you do, for you judge not for man but for the Lord. He is with you in giving judgment. Now then, let the fear of the Lord be upon you. Be careful what you do, for there is no justice with the Lord our God or partiality or taking bribes. Now chapter 20 comes in and King Jehoshaphat calls a fast and calls the surrounding cities. What did they do? They followed the leader. They saw the humility. They saw when he was confronted that he responded to the Lord's address. He responded in humility. And because of that, what happened in chapter 20, they were delivered without lifting up a sword. That is the God that we serve. Amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Listen to Hebrews 12, 1 to 2. It says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross despising the shame, and has sat down at the right-hand throne of God. Jesus is interceding for you and me every given moment of every single day. 
He hasn't given up on you. Do not give up on yourself. Let us pray. Hallelujah. If you want to be used by God, just lift up your hand. If you're going to partner with God in this hour of prayer and fasting, stand up to your feet. Thank you, Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your living word. And Father, with all humility, we surrender to you. And we say, Father, that you would take heed to the prayers and cries of your people here in Res Church. Father, that as we pursue you, God, Lord, as we, oh God, read your word, that your word would be illuminated, that your word, oh God, would empower us with faith, courage, and strength. Lord, that we would not cave in to the lies of the enemy, but that, Father, we would embrace the cross of Christ and run with endurance, Lord, believing and trusting in you. So, Father, I pray for every family here that you would bless them, that you would cover them, that you would protect them. Lord, that they, them and their families, oh God, oh Father, Lord, would encounter you like never before. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you, Lord, that it's only by your grace and the throne of grace that you have given us access to that we are able to call upon your name. Thank you for your love and mercy. Thank you for your grace. And we thank you for your love that endures forever. If you are grateful to God, say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Let's worship the Lord. We trust that you were blessed. For more information regarding our church, please go to our website at www.resurrectionchurchofny.com or call 718-436-0242, extension 0.